slash icon Picayune New Orleans. Good morning, and welcome to the 29th year of the Three Tailgaters Show on 106.1 FM Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. The Three Tailgaters Show is presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. The Three Tailgaters Show is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics, and by Francesca's by Katie's in New Orleans, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. The Three Tailgaters are also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln, by LifeGate Church in Metairie, Bergeron Automotive in Metairie, by Premier Automotive with locations throughout the New Orleans area, Segnet Landing Restaurant and Swamp Tours in West Wego, Petri Transport Services, John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge, Life Resources Ministries, and by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Promotional consideration is provided by Central City Barbecue on South Rampart Street, Venezia Restaurant on North Carrollton Avenue, Two Tony's Restaurant at West End, Porter View Restaurant in Metairie, Reginelli's Pizzeria with locations throughout the metro area, Yield College Inn on Carrollton Avenue, Messina's at the Terminal and Runway Cafe at Lakefront Airport, by Copeland's of New Orleans and Kenner, Desi Vegas Seafood and Steakhouse in Metairie, Chateau Cafe with locations in New Orleans and Kenner, Moe's Pizza in West Wego, Hooters Restaurants in Metairie and Gretna, Geo's Pizza and Spaghetti House in Metairie, Hobnobber Cafe in Metairie, Fat Boy's Pizza on Metairie Road, by Mike Sirio's Pooh Boys in Delhi on St. Charles Avenue, by That's Amore Pizzeria in Metairie, Bears Pull Boys on Causeway Boulevard at Metairie Road, and by Sunray Grill on Belchase Highway in Gretna. Now here are your hosts of the Three Tailgaters Show, Ed Daniels, Sports Director of WGNO and WNOL, CrescentCitySports.com and the Clarion Herald, and Cumulus Radio New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, the Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club, Life Resources Ministries, and Delgado Baseball. And a pleasant good morning and welcome to another edition of the Three Tailgaters Show here on Nash Icon 106.1 FM. We're on the web at NashFM1061.com. Our tune-in app available for you to listen anywhere in the world, anytime. And, of course, you can also get us at home via Alexa. Just tell her to play WRKN or Nash Icon 106.1 FM. You can always check out our podcast through CrescentCitySports.com following the show. And you can email us. It's ed at WGNO.com. It's Ken at CrescentCitySports.com. Glad to hear from you. It's 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061. Much to talk about this morning. We'll get into all aspects of it with my partner, Ed Daniels, Sports Director of WGNO of the Clarion Herald, CrescentCitySports.com, and Nash Icon 106.1 FM. Good morning, Ed. Kenneth, how are you? I'm doing fine. I'm just happy that we're finally about to get rid of some rain here, so and, um, and get rid of some fog and all that stuff. So, uh, I mean, I, I'd rather cool or cold weather uh, or warm weather any time as compared to rain and fog. Okay. Oh, I don't. I don't think there's uh, there's any doubt about that. I mean, look, I, I, if if it's in the if it's if if it's in the fifties and the sun is shining, to me, that's 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 pretty darn good at this time that, of year. That's a win. That's an absolute win. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. So that's where we're at. We'll see. Good news indeed in that front. So hopefully that is uh, good news for things to come here with the weather forecast. So 
As I mentioned, much to talk about, but we, we have to uh, start with and mention the fact that in case you missed it overnight, there was a verdict rendered in the uh, Will Smith case with Cardell Hayes, and, and the jury found Hayes guilty of manslaughter, uh, acquitted him of attempted manslaughter of Raquel Smith in the process, but found guilty of manslaughter. It, it didn't take a lot of time, deliberation-wise, that went to the jury last night, and the verdict was rendered very early this morning. Uh, so that is, uh, that is done now. What remains is to see what the defense elects to do in the case. And of course, other than that, sentencing uh, from Judge Camille Buris. In March, uh, Raquel Smith did not speak afterwards, but she did issue a statement, uh, which we published at CrescentCitySports.com, uh, regarding the verdict. And, and I will just start by saying prayers for you know, members of both families. Doesn't matter how you feel about what transpired. Uh, you want to see justice served regardless, but uh, there are families impacted incredibly. I mean, I look, the whole situation, Anna, it was, it was really painstaking because you're on the Saints Hall of Fame Media Selection Committee. We elected Will Smith to the Saints Hall of Fame in February of 2016. I have the benefit of making those calls. I called him, and he was moved. He was emotional. He was elated uh, and really looking forward to things. And then two months later, he was gone. And, of course... We had to induct him posthumously in October of that year. And it was really difficult. I mean, I got called by CNN and asked to go on CNN, you know, uh, two mornings later, which I did, and to talk about it. And I mean, I don't know what else you can talk about. We're, we're not going to speculate or talk about what transpired that night. That's not our job in any way, shape, or form. We leave that in the hands of of the jury and the legal authorities and the prosecution of the case. But the fact of the matter is it was a it was a very difficult time and it was just heart wrenching to watch what happened. And and now of course there's some sort of uh, at least closure to it. The the final closure will be whatever transpires with what the defense does and with sentencing. But man, that was tough. You know, we inducted him that year, then he got inducted into the Ring of Honor of the Saints in two thousand nineteen as well. And it's just a very dark chapter that uh, appears to finally uh, be coming to a head. And, and again, you know, taking no positions whatsoever uh, from a legal perspective, that's not what we do. But, you know, we covered the Saints and we knew Will Smith. And, you know, and again, he was beloved by his coaching staff and his teammates. That was very clear uh, in, in all aspects and by the organization. So, uh, just nothing but uh, nothing but prayers offered up for uh, Raquel Smith and her family, and frankly for the family members of Hayes, because I mean, uh, you know, it's going to change their lives dramatically. So just a just a very uh, very tough thing, Ed. But again, I know that a lot of people didn't catch this because it happened in the wee hours of the morning. That's true, Ken. I you know I I wasn't aware of it until this morning. I I came home last night, Friday nights. When I get a chance to uh, to come home early on a Friday night, which doesn't happen very much, and by early I mean 11 o'clock, <laughs> when I came home last night, uh, th there was no verdict at that point. And about an hour later, uh, I was knocked out. So uh, first I heard of it was this morning, and um, you know, I echo what you say. There's no winners in this situation. No, I, I think the best thing here is that you know it comes to a close. I mean, this is eight years you know, running and all necessitated by the Supreme Court ruling in 2020, which, of course, changed the dynamic for which convictions must take place. 
which have to be unanimous. And that changed everything because the original verdict was a 10-2 verdict. And this one was unanimous. And it didn't take a very long period of time. And we're not going to get into legalities of all because that's not our expertise you know, in terms of what transpired and how it was prosecuted. No, and we, and we didn't hear the evidence, okay? No, so, we didn't hear the evidence. I mean, we, we're, we're not in the courtroom. We didn't hear the evidence, and, no. and I'm certainly not taking a position on it. And how the, you know, the, and how the defense handled it, that's, that's not our job. So I, I don't know. People have asked, and I can't answer the questions. It's, it's simply reporting on the facts of the, of the situation. But, but again, you just, uh, more than anything else, you just wanted to see some closure here. Uh, one way or the other, because it's a long time. Eight years is a long time uh, for this thing to be settled. So uh, it looks like it's at least approaching that as we speak. So that's the latest on that particular situation. And, of course, we'll talk about the Saints coming up a little bit later in the show as well. Uh, of course, high school sports in full throttle right now. Soccer's approaching the end of its regular season with the playoffs beckoning, we'll get pairings, you know, next week as they approach the end of their regular season. Wrestling approaching the end of its season, the state championships next weekend on Friday and Saturday in Bossier City, and I'll be there and be doing the show there next Saturday morning and, and covering the state wrestling championships. And then, of course, basketball full throttle right now, boys and girls, and you can read every morning about it at CrescentCitySports.com with, with, you know, specific reporters covering games but also recaps of games left and right uh, on the site every morning of that so again uh, getting down to uh, brass tacks where prep sports are concerned right now with all these sports intersecting at the same time and baseball about to get started and uh, I'm looking forward to that too on the high school level and speaking of which we had our second annual Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club Baseball Bash which Crescent City Sports presents this past Monday, and you know, we expanded it to 11 coaches this year, and they were all there, and they were all gracious, and they're all great. It's a great opportunity uh, for the public to meet all of these guys, to recognize their programs, and you know, to get some media coverage for programs uh, that, frankly, in some cases, don't get media coverage. And that is applicable to the likes of Loyola, and to Nunez, and to Xavier to Dillard and to Suno, which is starting its program this year under Olin Parker in its first year. You know, Delgado gets some degree of coverage, uh, but, you know, not a lot. And then, of course, Tulane and the University of New Orleans get a little bit more. And we brought in Nichols and, and southeastern Louisiana as well. And, 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 of course, we had our keynote speaker, Jay Johnson, who was very gracious. And I know you want to speak to that, too, because, you know, look, he makes the effort to come here. Uh, to want to do it couldn't have been nicer to the people. He was one of the last people to leave. Aside from doing all the media interviews, he, he he talked to everybody and he signed things and took pictures with people and you know really he, he enjoyed himself and he he contacted me afterwards to let me know. So I think I think we you know maybe we'll get him back in the future for this. But it was a good day and obviously this is something we uh, we've enjoyed creating and putting together and it looks like we'll be able to grow this thing and. And continue to make it better. It's a great opportunity to have all these guys in one place. Yeah, it was really nice, Kenny. I, I thought it was uh, it was very, 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 very nice. And um, uh, I thought Coach Johnson. I thought all the coaches did a great job of handling themselves. I thought they did really good. Yeah, so we enjoy that, and obviously we look to continue that as well as we march on. And people have asked, "What about what's next?" Uh, well, we're we're looking at trying to do a one-off quarterback club luncheon in July with Brian Kelly. So we're working on that, trying to get that accomplished 
as we speak, and then the regular meetings monthly, August, you know, through the end of December uh, during the prep football season, and then in January with the baseball bash. So that's it. We look forward to it, and, and it was a good day, and, and we appreciate everybody that helped make it happen for that particular event. It's 504-260-1061 if you'd like to join in the conversation. And we'll get into the Pelicans. We'll get into the conference championship games in the NFL. We'll get into the Saints, all of those things. Uh, uh, what do you make, uh, I wanted to, before we get move on to those things, what do you make of the coaching carousel in the NFL right now? It's a pretty interesting cycle. Uh, first of all, you know, you've got the elephant in the room, Bill Belichick, who's still out there. And by all accounts, he's not a primary candidate for either the Seattle or Washington job as we speak. And I know Belichick's 71, but I also know he's won six Super Bowls. And it's kind of remarkable that he might get left out of this coaching cycle. He clearly wants to coach again, but it doesn't appear that that opportunity is going to happen unless we're missing something. Uh, it's pretty interesting, isn't it? Well, what you hear in Atlanta is there is a, a, a bit of a power struggle and the uh, yep. some people in the organization didn't want to give up their uh, their power and um, they went with Raheem Morris, who is getting a second chance to be a mm -hmm. head coach. I know he was a head coach once and I think he was in the interim. Is that right, Kenny? Yes, that's right. So, yeah. So, I mean, look, uh, I think Raheem Morris is a very, very capable coach, but I find it interesting that you know, an organization that could really use, I mean, look, I, I still think that Bill Belichick can coach and I, and I still think that Pete Carroll can coach. I think Pete Carroll did a yeah. good job in Seattle. And, um, you know, it's, it's about having that quarterback. And, and if you don't have that quarterback, I don't have, I don't care how good a coach you are. You're going to have some real problems. Well, I look, I'd add Mike Vrabel to that list. He's good. Oh, He's Mike Vrabel's terrific. Was the NFL coach of the year just a short time ago. So, right. I mean, you've got some proven commodities as head coaches out there, and yet it's also, you know, somewhat refreshing when you see somebody new get a chance, like Callahan. You know, I mean, there's, there's, mm -hmm. a, there's a couple of those guys. And like Pierce with the Raiders, I think he earned his keep with what he did with that team mm -hmm. when he took it over. In the case of Raheem Morris, he's very highly respected. A lot of people are going to equate him to Dennis Allen because as a head coach previously, his record was poor. Uh, but, you know, again, the question remains, was that a result of his coaching or was it a result of the organization he was with and the players that they had, much like you would say about Dennis Allen. But it's interesting because a lot of people are equating the Falcons situation now to the Saints in that regard, Ed. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a very, very interesting dynamic, and you don't know what happened uh, behind the scenes, but my guess is there are some people in that Atlanta organization because, look, Bill Belichick is not sharing power with anyone else. I think that's pretty obvious, don't you? Yeah, I think that's accurate, yes. Yeah, and, you know, it's the same thing in Seattle. Um, you know, look, I, I'm, I'm a big Pete Carroll fan. I think the guy's a tremendous coach. And, um, I mean, look, what's not to like? He's won a national championship in football, and he's, he's won a Super Bowl and been to more than one Super Bowl as a coach. Plus, he has extensive experience. And, you know, part of the thing about learning how to succeed is sometimes you have to fail. And I know, um, you know, Carroll had some difficult times with the Jets and with New mm -hmm. England, but I think that made him a better coach. And I, I think he wants to coach again. I'll be curious to see the next time around uh, if either one of these guys get interviews. 
Yeah, look, I agree. I mean, it's, it's, it's very interesting because in the case of Belichick and Carroll, they're a little bit up in age. So the longer you're out of it, the more difficult it's going to be to get, you know, back into it. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, look, Sean Payton's a little younger than that, right? But mm-hmm. I think that was certainly on his mind when he took the Denver job because some people will say, well, if he'd have waited, he might have got the better opportunity. Well, if you wait, your star fades a little bit. And there's mm-hmm. only so many of those jobs, and you don't know what's going to open up. And there's mm-hmm. always a flavor of the day. Somebody mm-hmm. new out there that everybody's mm-hmm. enamored well, with. So that's why, that's why being out of it for, mm-hmm. for an extended period of time will make it difficult to get back in. Well, you know, also, too, you're looking at a lot of teams that want to hire young offensive coaches. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's, that's kind of a trend now in the NFL, don't you? I mean, they, I think they, by and large, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, because they think they can develop the quarterback. Well, I think that's true to an extent. But, you know, look, um, I'm glad that Bill Belichick is not coaching in the NFC South. Yeah, I think a motivated Belichick would be a dangerous animal. Okay. Yeah. Now, the one thing, the one thing that, that I, I think about Bill Belichick, Kenny, and I think you would back me up on this, I think Bill Belichick, the general manager, let down Bill Belichick, the head coach. You know, the, the, the philosophy of trading back and, and, and some of their drafts, let's face it, they just don't have a very good team. And at, the end, of time, and at the end of Tom Brady's tenure here, all right, at the end of Tom Brady's tenure here, Kenny, let's, let's be honest, the, the, the Patriots had nobody on the outside who would really threaten you. When's the last time that Tom Brady really had weapons as, as the quarterback in New England. I mean, you tell me, Randy Moss? Yep. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, those last few years, I can see why he would get frustrated because they, they, they didn't have the weapons around him. But, you know, I, with that being said, I'm just glad that Belichick's not coaching in Atlanta because the Saints would have to play them twice a year, and I still think the guy's a really good coach. And the one thing about the Falcons... The Falcons are a bang-up quarterback away, I think, from being a really good team and being a problem for everybody else in that division for a long time. You know, I, Heineke's obviously not the answer. Desmond Ritter's been up and down. And, um, you know, I'll be very curious to see what they do on um, as far as the draft and if they try to trade up and get one of those quarterbacks. Well, it certainly looks like the top three quarterbacks are going to go at conservatively speaking, in the top five. I've seen every projection that has right. every one of those guys in the top five and even having them go one, two, three, which includes Jaden Daniels, of course, along mm-hmm. with May and along with Caleb Williams. So, mm-hmm. and the next guy after that in terms of, you know, draft, looking at all the projections at this point is Bo Nix. And I've even seen one draft projection that had him going to the Saints. But uh, bottom line is that the top mm-hmm. three quarterbacks, if you want one of those guys – at the very least, you have to get up into the top five. At the very least, right. if not the but top three. Here, I think two quarterbacks will be the most interesting in that draft. And I think you mentioned one of them, Bo Nixon. I think the other is J.J. McCarthy. Yeah. You know, is J.J. McCarthy a really good quarterback, or is he a product of the system? Right. I mean, I'm asking, is he any better than Mac Jones? No. I don't know. I, I don't think so, but I mean, that's right. But you got to give J.J. McCarthy this. He's clutch. And he played extremely well. But, you know, look, to me, the, if, if, if the Saints stay at 14 and somehow Brock Bowers is there, 
okay? To me, you've got to take him. But what, what happens if this happens, Kenny? Mm -hmm. What happens? What Do the Saints like Michael Penix? And, and I've seen him go as high as 13 to the Raiders, right. which is one spot ahead of the Saints. I mean, mm -hmm. I think that first round is going to be – the first 15 picks are just going to be fascinating. Yeah, look, I agree. I think it's a matter of you're going to have a run, and I think that's what it boils down to. Oftentimes, sometimes a player gets picked a little bit quicker than maybe he should have, and the primary reason for that is not mm -hmm. just need. It's about the fact that there's a run on a position, and teams panic a bit and, and, and feel like we've got to get a guy at that spot. So, And quarterback is clearly mm -hmm. exhibit A in that regard because it's the most important position on the team. And who, in fact, has their guy? If you, if you talked about 32 NFL teams, how many of those teams would you say actually have that guy, that guy that they feel they can actually compete for a championship with? I mean, go over every one of these teams. Well, I mean, there's, there's, and, there's not many, but you no. know, the, the, ones, the ones who have that guy have a tremendous advantage, as the Saints had for 15 years. Yes. You know, I, I just yes. think it's, it's, it's a very, very uh, interesting draft. And, you know, yeah. if, you, if you look at where the Saints are, you know, offensive tackle is an, it is an extremely deep position in this draft. It is. Um, um, you know, do they go for an edge rusher? You know, you got you to gotta give the Detroit Lions a lot of credit. In the first round at 12, they went for a running back, which a lot of people would say is too high. But that running back delivered them 11 touchdowns in the regular season. And then in the second round, with the 34th pick, which is very early in the, in the second round, the second pick of the second round, they went for a tight end. And a guy who did not have great numbers at Iowa. I think he had five touchdown receptions in his career at Iowa. And that's Sam Laporta. And look what he did. So, pretty awesome. It is. And again, I just, I just go down the list here. Of these teams, AFC, who has that guy? Buffalo, yes, Josh Allen. Miami, that's an argument, right? Yes. I don't know if Tua Tagovailoa is that guy. I think he's in between. The Jets, if you got a healthy Aaron Rodgers, yes. The Patriots, absolutely not. Uh, the Chiefs, of course. The Raiders, no. The Broncos, no. The Chargers, you can make an argument that they do with Herbert, but he's got to prove it. Uh, the Ravens, of course, Lamar Jackson. The Browns, no. The Steelers, no. The Bengals, yes, with Joe Burrow. The Texans, yes, with C.J. Stroud. The Jaguars, you know, kind of like Herbert with Trevor Lawrence. You know, you probably have the guy you want, but he's still got to prove it. The Colts, no. The Titans, no, absolutely not. NFC, Cowboys, that's a big argument. I mean, it's unbelievable the family criticism <laughs> levied at Dak Prescott from his teammates' families. It's unreal. Uh, he's a good player, but he's not a great player. Uh, the Eagles, yeah, you'd say yes right now with Jalen Hurts. The Giants, no. Commanders, no. 49ers, you have to say yes with Purdy. The Rams with Stafford, yes. Seattle, no. Arizona, no. Detroit, well, they got, they're in the conference championship with Jared Goff, so you'd have to say yes. Green Bay, you know, Jordan Love's in that same category with Lawrence and Herbert. Yeah, the ability's there, so probably – Vikings, I mean, is Kirk Cousins coming back healthy? Is he going to be a Viking? Good questions. Bears, no. Buccaneers, even though Mayfield play well, I'd say no. 
Saints, I'd say no at this point. Uh, Falcons, no. Panthers, no. So that, that's my take on who has that guy. So that's a lot of teams that could use that guy. That's my point. Well, sure. And everyone's going to be looking for him in this draft. And there'll be a ton of quarterbacks taken in that first round. Yep. You know, the speculation on the Saints is, you know, can you draft a quarterback for the future? Yeah, I'd like to see that happen. But given the picks that they have and a limited number of picks that they have and where they're picking, that's hard to do. And, and that's why I've said maybe, just maybe, it's a year down the road before you do that. In particular, since Dennis Allen is still the coach and he's married to Derek Carr and Carr did not play badly and ended up with some pretty good numbers. And you give Allen one more year and Carr one more year, and I think after that, all bets are off. They've got to produce this year. Simple as that. And we talked about the fact that we'll get into the Saints, so you know we'll do that coming up. But we'll also talk extensively about a number of other topics, the NFC and AFC Championship games, of course, the Pelicans. We'll talk about that too. College basketball was a, quite a week in Baton Rouge with the women's game this week. We'll get into that. So much to discuss, and we love doing it with you with your calls at 504 260 1061. That's 504 260 1061. Glad you're with us on this Saturday morning. Ken and Ed, Rudy's our producer. It's the Three Tailgaters Show. And we're back in just a moment here on Nash Icon 1061 FM and on the web. We're at NashFM1061.com. When the final horn blows at the Allstate Sugar Bowl, the action is just beginning as another jam-packed year of Sugar Bowl activity lies just ahead. With over 55 annual events, including all Louisiana high school state championships, the Sugar Bowl's support of amateur athletics adds up to big fun and big dollars for our economy. From the Crescent City Classic to lacrosse, sailing, basketball, and more, the Sugar Bowl has something for most everyone. For more on the great things the Sugar Bowl is doing, log on to AllstateSugarBowl.org. Sponsored by Allstate, Taco Bell, and Dr. Pepper. With over 15 acres of cars and trucks at the Lamarck Automotive Complex, there must be a reason. Buying a new car shouldn't be complicated. That's why our expert staff is here to help. I've been selling new Ford cars and trucks since 1970. It's over 50 years. Wow, there must be a reason. With your lifestyle and budget in mind, our finance team works hard to be the best in the business. Only at Lamarck Ford, at the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. It's game day at Jim's house, and the spread is impressive. Mike's already done some damage with the hot wings, and now he's dropping back and going deep for another slice of pizza. I sure hope he brought the Pepto. Mike knows the Pepto-Bismol provides fast, five-symptom relief from unexpected stomach upsets. He's no rookie. (laughs) The way he's throwing back those nachos, he's the GOAT. Be ready for game day with Pepto-Bismol. When you have nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. Can't sleep with this cold. Honey. Honey? Honey. You need NyQuil Severe Honey. NyQuil Severe Honey gives you powerful cold and flu symptom relief with a dreamy honey taste. Feeling better, honey? Honey? I'll take that as a yes. Try NyQuil Severe Honey for powerful cold and flu symptom relief. NyQuil Severe with honey flavor. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, fever. Honeylicious, best sleep with a cold. Medicine. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. After the car wreck, people sometimes come up to us and say, I need your help, but I'm just not the suing type. Believe me, at Dudley DeBosier, we get it. But ask yourself this. Do you want to be taken advantage of by the insurance company? Or do you want to get what's fair? what you and your family really deserve. The choice is easy, and it doesn't cost you anything to see if we can help. Demand Dudley DeBosier. Call 444-4444. Chad Dudley, New Orleans, LA 2315717. 
Top service, locally owned, outstanding deals, conveniently located, professionals motivated to sell where the customer comes first. That describes the experience at Premier Automotive Group, where you'll find the best prices anywhere on Toyota, Honda, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Kia. Premier Automotive offers a warranty for life on its vehicles and a money-back guarantee. Visit my friend Troy Duhon at one of his outstanding dealerships, Toyota of New Orleans, Premier Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Fiat, and Premier Honda in New Orleans, Premier Nissan in Metairie, and Premier Kia in Kenner. Just tuning in? We're just getting started with the Three Tailgaters Show on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com. What are you waiting for? All are welcome by calling 504-260-1061 to talk all sports all the time. Now back to Ken Trahan and Ed Daniels. College basketball, it was quite a scene in Baton Rouge just a couple of nights ago. South Carolina rallies late and beats LSU. 76 to 70, Lady Tigers led most of the night. It was all about Angel Reese falling out when she did. It was all South Carolina the rest of the way. You could see that coming. Uh, and I took away from this, actually, positives for LSU. Uh, number one, obviously, the most obvious would be the crowd support, which was phenomenal. The national attention it got, which was great. Uh, the way the team played, uh, I thought was impressive. I think what people need to realize is this. They got a couple of kids playing on that team that are prominent players with great futures. And those two young players are really good. Then what really plagues LSU, people say, well, the three-point shooting a little bit. Yeah, to a degree, but that's not their biggest issue. The biggest issue for LSU is depth. They just don't have it. And why? Well, they had depth. Remember Samaya Smith? She was really good. And she tore you know, her... Everything in her knee, unfortunately, is terrible, you know, back around Thanksgiving. And that really hurt them. Double-digit score. And then, of course, they dismissed Kateri Poole from the team. And she was an important part of their national championship team a year ago. So you talk about not having depth. Well, that's the reason they don't. It's not that they didn't recruit properly or have the players on hand. I, I dare say if they had those players, they would absolutely have a real chance to win the national championship again. I don't think they're going to do so this year because of their lack of depth and how tough it is to repeat and how good you know, the rest of the country is in the sport now. But I do think this is a team that you know, has the makings of at least a Sweet 16, if not a Final Eight team. I think it's a good team, Ed. I think it's a real good team. I think you know, one of the things that will determine how far they go is their draw. You know, how, do, how does the committee view them? They have three losses. Um, Colorado's good, you know, so I don't know about the Auburn loss. That was kind of a, that was kind of a difficult loss. But, um, you know, look, the bottom line is even with all of that, with Angel Reese still in the game with four minutes to play, they were up two. They lost by six. I mean, I know that's an oversimplification, but there's no question that it's a different game. Forget about offensively. It's a different game in the paint if she's not in there. And Completely. I think that's one, of the, that's one of the things you saw. Well, Del Rosario has size, but she can't really move much. And that's you right. know, clearly it hurt them. And, you know, Kenny, what, what also happens, too, is if you go back and watch the video, when the ball goes to the paint and LSU has to collapse and help, well, guess who's open on the wing? Yep. You, you get wide open looks for threes. And that's what those last two big threes were. They were wide open looks. 
and and you know those players are too good. They're going to make them. Yep. South Carolina's that good. I mean, it's look, you give credit where credit's due. What Don Staley's done is remarkable. To lose the players that she lost and to have this team right now undefeated and where it's at is is absolutely remarkable. It was an incredible setting. It was a heck of a game. It lived up to expectations. It's a shame that you know player fouling out really did decide the game. And I know a lot of people have complained about some of the calls on Reese. One of them in particular was a really touch foul that wasn't absolutely unnecessary to call mm-hmm. away from the ball. Then, of course, you had the other one where she goes down, hits the floor, and originally they review it for, you know, for being a flagrant or an intentional foul on her, which clearly wasn't the case, but they still maintained the personal foul. And, of course, that, that put her in harm's way. So uh, I was encouraged, though. They showed that they could play with and, and have a good chance mm-hmm. to beat the best team in the country. And I know it was at home, but still – they were able to do it. Now they've got to rebound and, and be able to play that way on a more consistent basis and try to find another player that they can count on. You know, they can put in Del Rosario to play some minutes inside, uh, but they really need to find another real option uh, to mm-hmm. be able to to give them mm-hmm. some depth. I mean, it's tough to play all those minutes, you know, from the starter's perspective over an extended period of time. And you know, their bench got outscored dramatically in that game the other night, and South Carolina goes nine deep, and, you know, you could see the difference in that regard. Mm-hmm. Oh, you sure you could. Uh, you know, I, I, you got to give, give South Carolina credit, but, you know, I thought, LSU did a, I thought LSU did a great job. They just couldn't overcome the circumstances at the end. You know, people are talking about how po- popular the girls' game is right now, and I agree. I think the biggest advantage that the girls – uh, have over the guys is that their great players are playing another year in college basketball. People can identify with Caitlin Clark. If this were, if Caitlin Clark were in the NBA, she was in in men in the men's college game. She'd be gone already mm-hmm. because financially she'd be in the you know maybe the the number one pick in the NBA draft if she was a man and she would be gone. And I think one of the things that you see in college basketball is. Players are able to identify or fans are able to identify with the players year after year because they stay. And I think that's the big difference right now between the men's game and the women's game is, you know, at the end of last season, uh, everyone knew that uh, Angel Reese was coming back, that, uh, you know, that that Caitlin Clark was coming back. And those those two players are are really superstars and they're still in the game. It's kind of like it's kind of like the men's college game used to be in the 80s when I think the rule was you had to stay at least 2 years or was it 3 years, Kenny? Yeah, I think it was I think it was 2, but I mean again, you're taxing my Right, but what I what I'm now, saying so. is, you know, everybody I I I saw this documentary um on ESPN about the Big East. Well, guess what? Um Patrick Ewing played what several years at Georgetown. Uh, Chris Mullen was at St. John's. Um, all the great players at Syracuse over the years. Well, in the NBA today or in the college game today, they'd all likely be one and done. Yeah, it's a different world now. Obviously, I mean that goes without saying. You know, Ewing played all four seasons. I mean that's the way there it you was. Go. That's the way it was. Uh, you know, for many many years, and that's which not is not going to happen now. Under any circumstances. And you're right. The women's game does produce that on a consistent basis. As for the men's game in college basketball, 
you know, really the story last week was Tulane beating Memphis, but they couldn't back it up. They lost a thriller on the road at UTSA. Uh, the, the big story right now is uh, you'll be able to listen to it right here on Nash Icon 106.1 FM later today at 4 p.m. University of New Orleans and privateers have struggled, but it's all about who they're playing. They're hosting McNeese at 4 o'clock this afternoon at Lakefront Arena, 345 pregame with Jude Young here on Nash Icon 106.1 FM. And McNeese is the story. And the, the Cowboys are 17-2. and They're 6-0 and in the Southland Conference. And of course, they have a win over Michigan. And, mm-hmm. you know, Will Wade... You give him his props. He's obviously done a remarkable job with that program. McNeese chose uh, to go that route. You know, they were willing to take any criticism that came along with it. They're reaping the benefits now because they've created tremendous fan interest in Lake Charles. Their team is playing great. And, and it's, at, it's at McNeese th- tonight, Kenny. Yeah, they're getting a lot of attention. I said you were yeah. at McNeese. Yeah. Not bad. It's at yeah. McNeese. And at I, McNeese. Think they play, I think they play in New Orleans on March 6th. Yeah, they play in the Legacy yeah. Center okay. today. Uh, yeah, they're at the Legacy Center. I should have yeah. made, made that very clear no, today. It's, okay. it's 345 That's pregame cool. show. But in McNeese, and by the way, Legacy Center is a nice facility uh, mm-hmm. that, that is on the and campus. And you know what? They, how many more years did they host the Southland Basketball Tournament? Well, they gave them that to keep them in the league. So right. that, was, that was the biggest deal. But, yeah, it's a men's-women's uh, doubleheader today. So, uh, But, again, the men's game at 345. But, look. You know, when you talk about Will Wade, you're going to get split opinions left and right, and they're either going to be overwhelmingly positive or overwhelmingly negative. You know, what what happened at LSU is is over with, and it's done, and it doesn't matter what's changed since then with NIL and paying players and everything else. Rules are rules, and rules were broken, and obviously uh, initially defied his own people and the people that employ him which wasn't a good look either. And mm-hmm. I think LSU did what it did uh, primarily to, to solve the NCAA riddle and keep them off their back and say, okay, we've taken this action for better or for worse. And, and time will tell. And that leads us to McMahon and what people think about him. I mean, it's a mixed bag at this point. I watched them play three times now. Uh, they're an average team. They're not bad, Ed. They're just not, they're not good enough to beat the good teams. Uh, you know, they beat Ole Miss, which was a really good win. They got a road win against Texas A&M, but then they lost A&M at home when they had a chance to really do something and then lost a close game at Georgia, which was another winnable game. You know, they've got two or three pretty good players, but nobody outstanding. And, and people that want to take shots at me, man, I get that because of the success that LSU had under Will Wade. But let's not forget what he inherited. I mean, he had to start over again. And he had to start all over again. So in fairness... I think, you know, you get a better idea by next season about McMahon and whether or not he can be that guy at LSU. Does that make sense? Well, you know, I think, I think they've done a solid job. Um, Jalen Cook has obviously helped them a lot, but they, they just don't have enough players, Kenny. I mean, they, I, don't, I don't know what their NIL situation is. Uh, I have no idea. You know, the one thing, the one thing though, to, to be successful in the SEC, you, you've got to have a certain level of talent. And I don't know if LSU has that. No, I don't think they do at this stage. I, I think you've got to allow him to build it and see what he can do. And I think next year will certainly be a, a little bit of a revelation about where that program is and if it's good enough to compete on a consistent basis in the SEC. Look, those were two winnable games at home against A&M and on the road against Georgia. If they could have just split those games, they'd be 4-2 and two in a league. Instead, they're 3-3, three and three, and it puts mm-hmm. them in harm's way. As for Tulane, it's the same discussion. You know, they, every time they get to the cusp – 
you know, unfortunately they can't back it up. You know, they got the big win over Memphis, and that was gigantic, but they couldn't back it up. And, you know, just continue to, to hover around that 500 mark in conference play and, you know, hover around being a, you know, a, a fairly good to even pretty good team at times to being an average team. That's, that's kind of, I think, the, the way to look at that situation. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a bad loss on Wednesday night. Uh, mm-hmm. against the sub-500 team. That was, yep. that, was not the, that was not the kind of loss you wanted to have because, really, I don't want to say it negates what you did against Memphis, but it certainly, you know, puts it in a different light. And I think what we're seeing already is with them is their RPI is not going to be high enough. Nope. So the only way they're going to go to the NCAA tournament is to win the tournament. And, yep. and to do that, it looks like a pretty good basketball league. I don't think it's going to be easy. No, I don't think it's going to be easy. By any and, you know, and if you don't – and I don't know what their, what their tournament setup is, but if you don't get a first-round bye and you've mm-hmm. got to play, that makes it even harder. Because if, you, if you've got to win three, four games in a row – and, again, I haven't looked at how, how their bracket is set up, but right now I think they're – what are they, eighth in the league, something like that? Yeah. I, you know, it, it's if, – if you've got to play an extra game, it certainly doesn't set up to help you. No, I mean, they had a chance to build on that momentum and lost on a three, what, a three ball the last seconds or so. It was a shame, and look, it was a lucky shot. The guy made a leaner. Okay, the guy. Look, we'd be talking about a whole different dynamic right now if the guy from UTSA had not made the leaner and Jordan Wright had made the three against Georgia, which was a rim out at the horn. All right? So we, we would have a whole different take. Not a whole different take, but I think we'd have a real different take on, on both programs if one shot had gone in and one shot hadn't. I agree. I mean, again, that's result. how, that's how, that's how um, minuscule the perception is of success and failure. Well, I think it's a, it's a direct reflection of the parity that exists uh, in the country. I mean, we saw this past week, I was watching, you know, earlier college basketball coverage on television this past week. I think it was like four, ranked teams that got beat by unranked teams. And I just think that, you know, nowadays it's not quite like it was 10 years ago. I think 10 years ago it was 10 or 15 teams. Now it's more like about 40 teams on a given night. I I really think that's accurate when you look at the country. Now the gap from that that level of 40 uh, to those below that, I think might have grown. I think it's even bigger. I mean, you got schools that, that... that are further away from that than they used to be. But I think the group near the top has gotten bigger, and there is no dominant team. Why? Well, I think it's what you mentioned earlier, the fact that, you know, the one-and-dones, the inability to retain players that are good for an extended period of time. And then, of course, there's also uh, the evening out of, with NIL money involved, too. So I think it's, it's twofold, but I think the primary reason is you can't, you can't retain the best players. I mean, they're going to play one year, and they're going to be gone. Or two years and they're gone, and mm-hmm. it's just a it's a difficult dynamic on the college basketball level. It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when you talk when you talk about college baseball, mm-hmm. once you get them on campus, you know, and they don't sign pro, they're mm-hmm. yours. I mean, you got them. You know, you can mm-hmm. lock them in for that. You know, to that junior year. Well, you lock them. You, know? you lock them in for a year, and as Blake Dean said the other day at the baseball bash, then NIL. Um, well, I mean, that's, up and I lose my three best players. That's so, the case. That's the case yeah. with all sports. But I, I'm talking about yeah. eligibility, obviously. I mean, sure, sure. Once you once you lock in in baseball, 
you know, in a, in a perfect world, which it isn't, you keep your players through their yeah. junior year. You know, and in football, a similar dynamic, but of course the transfer portal has changed all of that. So, mm-hmm. so any discussion about college sports now has to involve transfer portal and NIL. <laughs> it's just simply the way it is. So, and we live with it, whether we like it or not. Well, and, you know, you and I have to live with it, but coaches really have to live with it, okay? Coaches yep. really have to live with it. And believe me, I, you know, I, I know in some sports – but like a, like a, a coach like a, at a mid-major like University of New Orleans, mm-hmm. I mean, it's got to be a tough thing to deal with because if you develop a player and all of a sudden this player comes in as a freshman or a sophomore and has eye-popping numbers, mm-hmm. you know that he's getting feelers from all over the country. Yeah. Because, because people are saying, hey, you know, and look, you know, we're, 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 we're talking about it all the time about tampering. Yeah. yeah. So, and um, – you know, and then some guys go with him to Houston. But um, it's, it's, if, if you're at a mid-major school, it's a really hard thing, I think, to overcome, especially in a sport like baseball. Yeah, very much so. All right, glad you're with us on this Saturday morning. Ken and Ed, 3 Tailgater Show. It's 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061. If you'd like to join in the conversation, we'd love to hear from you. We'll take a time out here. We'll continue with more still to come. We'll talk about the Saints and the Pelicans, the championship games on the conference level in the NFL as well. And then we'll talk about some coaching news and college football when we return in just a moment here on Nash Icon 106.1 FM and at NashFM1061.com. Broadcasting from the Dudley DeBosier Injury Lawyer Studio. Call 444-4444. That's 444-4444. Not attorney spokesperson, Chad Dudley, New Orleans. It's game day at Jim's house, and the spread is impressive. Mike's already done some damage with the hot wings, and now he's dropping back and going deep for another slice of pizza. I sure hope he brought the Pepto. Mike knows the Pepto-Bismol provides fast, five-symptom relief from unexpected stomach upsets. He's no rookie. (laughs) The way he's throwing back those nachos, he's the GOAT. Be ready for game day with Pepto-Bismol. When you have nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. <clears throat> Can't sleep with this cold. Honey. <clears throat> honey? Honey. You need NyQuil Severe Honey. NyQuil Severe Honey gives you powerful cold and flu symptom relief with a dreamy honey taste. Feeling better, honey? Honey? I'll take that as a yes. Try NyQuil Severe Honey for powerful cold and flu symptom relief. NyQuil Severe with honey flavor. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, fever. Honeylicious, best sleep with a cold medicine. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. For 17 years, the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl has been proud to support one of the area's great traditions, high school football and the Prep Football Player of the Year Award. The RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl's weekly recognition of excellence on the field by high school student athletes reflects our understanding of the importance of athletics in the development of our youth. A New Orleans tradition, the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl is a proud partner of Ken Trahan's original Prep Football Report and the Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club. Visit us online at neworleansbowl.com. When you use bounce dryer sheets and your clothes look amazing, it's the sheet. Less static in your life? Yeah, it's the sheet. Smelling fresher than ever? It's the sheet. Oh, so soft fabric? Ooh la la. It's the sheet. Less wrinkles on your clothes? You know it's the sheet. Bounce dryer sheets. More freshness, more softness. Less static, less wrinkles. It's the sheet. 
When my daughter gets a cold, <coughs> I have a secret weapon. Dayquil Kids Berry from Vicks. Dayquil Kids is specially formulated to treat kids' most bothersome cold and cough symptoms quickly. And the best part is that Dayquil Kids Berry tastes really great. Aren't you supposed to be resting? Maybe. Dayquil Kids Berry, the kids' berrylicious daytime congestion, coughing, stuffy head, stuffy nose, just for kids, medicine. Safe for kids six years plus. You're listening to the Cumulus Fishing Game Report with Captain C.T. Williams. Fishing is fun, but safety is foremost. I'm Captain C.T. Williams with this week's Big Fish Report. Now, I spend a lot of time finding great spots where you can catch fish, but you need to be able to get there and get home safely while being courteous to others. Louisiana has a lot of fishable water, so there are a lot of boats, and, well, nationally, a, a higher percentage of boating accidents. So be safe and prepared on the water, have fun responsibly, and join me, Captain CT, for the Big Fish, our TV show, with hotspots, tackle tips, how-to recipes, and even safe practices while fishing. Every Saturday morning at 5.30 a.m. on WVUE Fox 8 in New Orleans. Have a great weekend. Cumulus New Orleans, incredible service and excellent results. New Orleans is always number one with Cumulus Radio and Digital. Prices are affecting everyone in today's economy. New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service is here to help. We're offering a complete funeral service cremation package for only $38.95. That's right, a complete funeral service followed by cremation for only $38.95 in our chapel. Give us a call at 504-218-5554 or start the process online with our convenient online arrangements at 3895funeralservicecremation.com. New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service. Celebrating life. You want the total sports package? Let's talk prep, college, pro, all sports, all the time. You get it all from the three tailgaters on 106.1 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com with Ken and Ed. Give us a call at 504-260-1061. It all continues in terms of coaching. Uh, Slade Nagel moving to LSU as tight ends coach, special teams coach. Served Tulane extremely well and nothing but success to Slade and a lot of respect for him. He came back after originally thinking about going to Houston and he coached the Tulane team in the bowl game and kept this program going in good fashion. He got an offer that he couldn't refuse and, and took it. Uh, nothing but respect for him and uh, nothing but success to Slade. Moving forward, LSU deciding on co-offensive coordinators. Joe Sloan will call the plays, Cortez Hankton getting that title as well. But the Atlanta Falcons have requested to interview Hankton. Raheem Morris has requested to do that. So they're, re they're actually interviewing Hankton for their vacant offensive coordinator position. Stay tuned on that one. And LSU bringing back Austin Thomas, running it back a third time as he comes back to take a top role in their player personnel department. And Thomas has done this for LSU previously. Various titles, you know, was there from 2013 through 2017, originally with Les Miles, with that Ogeron, and came back in 21 with Ogeron, but then was not retained when Brian Kelly took over. Well, guess what? Kelly's bringing him back now. So he was named Player Personnel Director of the Year by Football Scoop. Uh, that was the case when he was at LSU in 2015. Was at Ole Miss the past two seasons. We know the success that Ole Miss has had, and now he's coming back to LSU. So some interesting 
coaching moves, some interesting moves with staffs, Ed, with these schools, and, of course, a lot of the focus on LSU in this regard. Kenny, it's all one big circle, buddy. <laughs> it's, all, it's all one big circle. And, um, you know, I'm sure Austin Thomas will do a good job. Um, I, I always thought that the Joe Sloan thing was going to happen that way, didn't you? Well, it certainly looked that way, but that was going to be my right. next my next question to you was, you know, what do you think about this co-coordinator thing? We've seen evidence that it's not been very successful. We saw, I know you remember back in, what, was it 08 with Bradley Dale Pivato and Doug Mallory as co-defensive coordinators? That didn't work out very well. Uh, we've seen it with the Saints, with Ryan Nielsen and Chris Richard. That didn't work out very well. I mean, you have to have a clear delineation of authority and who's responsible. Now, Joe Sloan will be the play caller if Hankton stays uh, with what's transpiring on the NFL level. Uh, at the same time, if you can clearly delineate and you take egos out of it, it can be successful. Certainly not saying it can't, but, you know, I, sometimes I wonder about that. You know, the, the oldest axiom, too many Chiefs, not enough Indians. I, I guess there has to be at least some cause for pause when you're talking about quote-unquote, co-coordinators. Yeah, but, I, you know, I think that, um, you know, it did work in 2019, even though Joe Brady carried the title of passing game coordinator. Yeah, he wasn't, right? quote-unquote, yeah, he wasn't co-offensive -co coordinator. But we I, think, know, I think we know what I he think did. He was, yes. Right, yeah. he was heavily involved in the game. Sure he plan. was. Sure he so, was. So, I mean, you know, that, that, that's a, uh, that was one where it worked. But, you know, look, let's, let's also be honest about 2019, too. You yeah. also had Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and Joe Burrow. And Clyde Edwards-Helaire. And a really good offensive line. <laughs> and, and Moss's kid as the tight end wasn't bad either. That is, uh, yep. Uh -huh. Yeah, I mean, they, they, were, they, were pretty, they were pretty salty. When a quarterback throws 60 touchdowns in a season, uh, I mean, that's, that's, pretty, that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, look, again, not to throw cold water on it, but I, you know, we've seen some instances of it. As long as you understand, you know, whose responsibilities are which and that you have an understanding completely and that everybody goes along with it, yeah, it can be successful. I mean, by and large, you have to be impressed with what LSU has done with its staff, and certainly that's the case on the defensive side of the ball, and we'll see what happens on the offensive side of the ball. Where Tulane's concerned, nothing but positives. And, yes, uh, Slade Nagel – did a great job there. He's a great guy. But I wouldn't worry about John Sumrall. I think he's, he's a go-getter. He's got everything going for him. He's done everything so well. Uh, I, I'm just impressed with him and what he's done. And I wouldn't be concerned about, you know, what he's got going on right now, not only with his staff, but with the ability to attract players. And every day mm -hmm. we're seeing players that have been offered by Tulane on social media. They've been very active in that regard. Mm -hmm. That's great. You know, let's let's hope that uh, that he can keep the ball rolling, because the last two years have been a lot of fun. Well, I believe he can. I mean, I you know when Willie Fritz left, the original thought was, there it goes, because you had your one shot and you had your one guy. But boy, did they make a a grand slam hire. They they couldn't have hired a better coach. I mean, they they hired a guy that's proven. He's twenty three and four in two years at a place where it's not real easy to win in Troy, and he's coming to a place that's not been real easy to win but a place that he understands completely and has tremendous relationships with people and, and knows the landscape extremely well and personable, 
there's just a lot to like there. And I think, I think Tulane's in good hands. I think LSU's in pretty good shape. I think it's encouraging when you look at both of those football programs as they stand right now. And I think, you know, going into next season, they're both going to be in pretty good shape in their conferences. I think they'll be, I'm not going to say they're going to be the favorites, uh, but I think they'll, they'll certainly be right there in the mix. I think LSU and the SEC West uh, should be definitely near the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ole Miss is going to be very good. Alabama lost a lot, but they're still Alabama. You can't dismiss that. And meanwhile, Tulane and its conference, look, we saw what's happened the last two years, and I think they're in a good position to be able to maintain that if they, mm-hmm. if they, you know, they, they got their quarterback situation settled. I mean, Michael Pratt was good, but they've got Horton who's been there and at least been solid, if nothing else, and then they brought in a very prized prospect, you know, who mm-hmm. was a four, four-star recruit previously. So I think they're in pretty good shape. I think both of these programs yeah. are in good shape right now. You know, Kenny, I, I hope I'm wrong. Okay, but but I I think that uh, I think that Kalen DeBoer is a really good coach, and um, I, I think that people are going to be uh, surprised by what he's able to do at Alabama, because uh, I just think the guy's a really good coach. Now, are they going to have the success that they've had in the past? That's highly unlikely, but you know, uh, at that at that last press conference. Um, before the Sugar Bowl, it was uh, Kalen DeBoer and um, and Steve Sarkeesian. And it's always on the, the New Year's Eve morning. And the coaches come and they, they visit, and it's the last press conference before the All-State Sugar Bowl. So after the press conference is over, uh, Sarkeesian, very pleasant, but he gets up, he leaves, he's, he's, he's gone. And DeBoer stayed around talking to people like 20 or 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who is this guy? I mean, you know, he was like a – and he wasn't talking to, to, to media necessarily, some media people, okay? But he was just like extremely engaging. And I th- the, the thing that I, that I took away from all of that was I, I thought he was a guy who was extremely comfortable in his own skin. And um, I think the guy's an, a, a very good offensive coach. He's bringing a lot of his staff with him. So, you know, you know people who, who might think that, that Alabama is going to take on water, I don't know if they're going to be as good as they were uh, under Saban. I mean, that, that's almost an impossibility. But, but people think that they're going to they're somehow fall off the face of the earth. I, I, I just don't see it. I think the guys are a really good coach. 504-260-1061 to join us. Second hour begins next. We'll get into the Saints extensively next. We'll talk about the NFL Conference Championship games, the Pelicans, all of that's still to come with your calls at 504-260-1061. That's next here on Nash Icon 1061 FM and on the web at NashFM1061.com. When the final horn blows at the All-State Sugar Bowl, the action is just beginning as another jam-packed year of Sugar Bowl activity lies just ahead. With over 55 annual events, including all Louisiana high school state championships, the Sugar Bowl support of amateur athletics adds up to big fun and big dollars for our economy. From the Crescent City Classic to lacrosse, sailing, basketball, and more, the Sugar Bowl has something for most everyone. For more on the great things the Sugar Bowl is doing, log on to AllStateSugarBowl.org. Sponsored by Allstate, Taco Bell, and Dr. Pepper. 
With over 15 acres of cars and trucks at the Lamarck Automotive Complex, there must be a reason. Buying a new car shouldn't be complicated. That's why our expert staff is here to help. So I've been selling new Ford cars and trucks since 1970. It's over 50 years. Wow, there must be a reason. With your lifestyle and budget in mind, our finance team works hard to be the best in the business. Only at Lamarck Ford, at the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. If you want to be treated right, you go to Bergeron. Bergeron will give you the best deal. You just know you can trust these people. They're from here. They get me. You know, buying a car doesn't have to be a scary experience. It's anything but a Bergeron. Everybody knows that. Everybody. I grew up with a Bergeron. I went to school with a Bergeron. This is the fourth car I've bought from here. That makes me a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a bourgeois. Get out of here. I'm a Bergeron. Everybody knows a Bergeron. Bergeron Automotive on Veterans in Metairie. Many times during these last few years, it's been quite easy for all of us to be discouraged at times. <laughs> Boy, I can tell you about that. But one thing I have learned, there is an answer that will keep us strong during trying times. This is Michael Green with a LifeGate word of encouragement. In one of the parables, Jesus tells the story of a seed that was planted into soil. And he said, and immediately the evil one came to steal that seed. Well, as you read it a little bit further, you realize the seed is the word of the Lord. Hebrews 4 tells us the word of the Lord is quick, powerful, and sharp. That's the key, that's the secret. And during these trying times, I don't see how we can survive without the word of the Lord in our hearts. Protect the word, read the word, stay in the word. That will keep you strong. Join me and Linda this Sunday at LifeGate. We start at 10 o'clock. We're at 1317 Butternut Avenue in Metairie. Or check us out on Facebook, LifeGate Church Ministries. Join us at LifeGate, where the priority is the word. Broadcasting from the Dudley DeBosier Studios. Anytime, anywhere, smartphone, tune in radio app, we are WRKN. 1061 Nash Icon, Picayune, New Orleans. The second hour begins. It's the Three Tailgaters Show on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and at CrescentCitySports.com. Be a part of the show now. Call 504 260 1061. Back to Ken Trahan and Ed Daniels. And you're with us as we march on with the second hour. We'll get into the Pelicans, the NFL championship games and the conferences as well. The New Orleans Saints, the big story right now is who's going to run this offense. And the search continues. And, you know, a few candidates have already fallen by the wayside. And, you know, Zach Robinson's a hot commodity. And, and you know, we've seen the names. We know the level of interest on most parts but again, at this point in time, it remains to be seen what's going to happen with this position. Ed, what do you make about all of this right now? And, you know, do you see anything that would be cause for pause or, or even alarm where the Saints offensive coordinator position is concerned? Well, I'm surprised it's taken this long, aren't you? Well, again, it makes you think that the guys they wanted, you know, they, mm -hmm. they didn't get. And, of course, Robinson's... You know, now the Buccaneers are wanting to talk to him, too. And, you know, he's he's been he's already talked to two or three teams where this is concerned. And, you know, he mm -hmm. interviewed with the Saints previously and, you know, he, he left here without a job or whether he had an offer or not. You know, Dave Canales, of course, leaving the Buccaneers to become Carolina's new head coach. So the Buccaneers in need of an offensive coordinator. And the, the kicker with Zach Robinson 
is that he worked with Baker Mayfield previously with the Rams. So mm-hmm. there's familiarity in that situation. But the Raiders, the Patriots, Steelers are also interested mm-hmm. in Robinson. So there, mm-hmm. there's, there's a guy that, you know, they've been after. I mean, they, already they had two candidates that disappeared, you know, and we know Pitcher, you know, taking over as coordinator at Cincinnati. And we also mm-hmm. know Waldron, you know, from Seattle being hired by the Bears, who were clearly on the Saints' hit list. So, again, the longer this goes on, the more you, mm-hmm. you, you, you have to be a little bit concerned about it. At least that would be my take mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. So how, how serious a candidate is Ronald Curry? Well, I think you just came full circle back to where I was going. I think in the final analysis, he might be the favorite because mm-hmm. if you're doing all this exploration and whether you really wanted the guys that have taken other jobs or not, I don't know. What you got in-house is a guy that has experience, has experience with your guys, mm-hmm. is liked and respected in the building, and the question is, do you have the confidence to give him the keys to the kingdom to make you successful when you know that you have to win this year, which mm-hmm. Dennis Allen knows? And, mm-hmm. you know, or do you feel like you have to have a guy that's done it already? So I, I guess that's the question. Mm-hmm. But I think at this point, if you're evaluating it from the outside, and let me stress, from the outside, no inside knowledge at all, if you're evaluating, you'd have to say right now the, uh, the, the favorite would be Curry. Mm-hmm. Which is which is interesting because you get rid of the guy who was the coordinator and you hire somebody on the staff. Well, I'm just saying, given the circumstances, I don't right. know that to be a fact. And maybe they will come mm-hmm. up with a solution. I know people mm-hmm. are still still mentioning John Gruden's name, but if you wanted to hire John Gruden as your offensive coordinator, why wouldn't you have done it by now? Well, I think there's some there's some other issues at play there. I, I just didn't think that was going to, you know. I, I didn't. I, I would have been very surprised, Kenny, at any point if that would have happened. Well, my point is, if you were going to do it, why wouldn't you have done it already? I mean, yeah. you, you, you were getting rid of your coach. You knew that. You had a Super Bowl winning coach out there who you had last year here as a consultant to your team. So you obviously valued his knowledge and you know what he's capable of. And he's, he's overqualified. Mm-hmm. But if you were going to do it, and that's my answer to other people that have asked, why wouldn't you have done it by now? Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I don't know. I just kept – I keep watching all these developments, all right? And, you know, this guy and that guy. But, but again, I got to ask, um, you know, maybe a, a Clint Kubiak or a, a, a Greasy. Right. Uh, how, many of, how many of those guys are better than Ronald Curry? Well, that's a question. I mean, again, Kubiak and Greasy. Greasy, mm-hmm. you know, is new – in the NFL. He was an analyst, as you know, mm-hmm. uh, for ESPN for many years. I'm not saying he can't coach. Of course he can. And mm-hmm. he played the game for a long time, too. And Shanahan is highly mm-hmm. respected. And Kubiak's mm-hmm. only, what, a two-year guy? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, between the two of them, I think they got three years of experience coaching at the NFL level. But the kicker mm-hmm. is there with Shanahan, who gets an enormous amount of respect as an offensive mind. Ditto with Sean McVay with the Rams by Zach Robinson is looked upon in that fashion, too. So... Yeah, I mean, again, from an experience perspective, again, you know, Curry isn't totally overmatched by any stretch of the imagination by any of these guys that you're talking about now. So that's why I think it's certainly in play. And look, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and judge Curry and say, okay, well, you're promoting a guy from a staff where you just fired his boss. Well, 
he wasn't the one calling the plays. His boss was. Mm-hmm. So, and you uh, don't. And the one thing you don't know is you don't know how much agreement or disagreement there was between the two about what they were doing. Okay, and I'm I'm not going to sit here and speculate whether no, there was either. whether That's there right. was or wasn't. You don't know. Okay, no, nope. you don't know if there was any disagreement. No, I I have no idea. But Same my here. guess is my guess is being a former quarterback, and you remember, uh, you know, Curry. Uh, back in high school, was the number one recruit in the country. Mm-hmm. So when he went to, I think he went to North Carolina. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, look, you just don't know, and you don't really know what his approach is. So, um, you know, look, that's a decision that the head coach is going to make. But it's, the, it's one of the biggest decisions he's going to make because if the next guy <coughs> they bring in, Kenny, uh, you know, doesn't get it done, then it's, it's probably a bunch of them are going to be. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's, a, it's wholesale change. I've got to believe that's the case anyway. So, Yeah, the one thing I think, the one thing I, I think will be interesting is going into this offseason, when it comes to the draft, and it looks like the Saints are going to have a bunch of compensatory um, fifth-round picks. But if, if, you, if you look at, at what they've done going into this, going into this draft, uh, how do they use those first two picks? You know, how important are those two picks as, as to what they're doing? And do they stay to the uh, tried and true uh, Saints philosophy of, you know, size early, like, a, you know, a lineman and then a pass rusher? Or, or, do, they, or do they go in a little bit of a different direction this year and, and maybe try to get some more playmakers? I, I'll be very curious to see how they, how they approach it. Well, I think they absolutely have to go offensive line. I mean, look, come on. I mean, <laughs> I know, I know it's a it's a broken record and that they keep doing it, but in this case, mm-hmm. they have to. I mean, their yeah. offensive yeah. line is broken. I mean, mm-hmm. you cannot go forward with Ryan Ramchek having the physical condition he has. You know, with Trevor Penning being who he is, with James mm-hmm. Hurst where he's at at right. this stage of his career, with Andres Pete, who's who's likely going to be let go. So what do you have? I mean, mm-hmm. you've got Eric McCoy and Cesar Ruiz. And, mm-hmm. I mean, again, you need to address that. It's way too big of a need. They were deficient. They weren't good enough by any measure. They couldn't run the ball effectively. They didn't protect mm-hmm. Carr for at least a half the season. So that's absolute. With regard to the defensive line and pass rushers, I guess the question that they're asking themselves is, you know, do we have something with Peyton Turner or Isaiah Foskey or not? Because if the internal feeling is we might, then maybe they don't go there right away in the draft. But if they don't feel comfortable in that, then I think they're probably mm-hmm. going there too. I mean, they addressed defensive tackle with sure. Brazil last year. They, they got to resign Malcolm Roach. I think he's important to their to their team. Uh, you know, they uh, got. Do Shepard they resign and- Andrus Pete? Well, no, that's what we just talked about. I don't. Yeah. I mean, Ed, they're 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 thirty second in cap situation. Okay. I mean, <laughs> how do you afford it? I mean, I sure. I, I look. He did a nice job, but right. Is he good enough to pay again at that level, and or do they think that they can do better? Mm. He's competes in a pretty good maybe, place. Maybe 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 he gives them a hometown discount, but I doubt it. No, I doubt it. He made he made himself valuable. Okay, mm-hmm. by doing what he did at left tackle this past year, and it became pronounced because of the injury 
you know, that Ramchek dealt with and because of the, the failure of Penning that he became more important than anyone vision, envisioned he would be. So mm-hmm. I think that his value is increased because of that. Therefore, how, how easy is it going to be to retain him? Not at all. It's going to be hard. And obviously they'd have to make a decision as to whether they want to retain him or not. So, look, do they have anything in Saldaveri? Don't know. Uh, we know what they have otherwise. And it just isn't a very pretty picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, you, you would certainly agree with that. Oh, I agree. I, I agree completely. Um, you know, I think the Saints' biggest chance for improvement this year, their biggest chance for improvement this year is for this year's draft to make a giant leap forward in 2024. It yep. looks like – it looks like they've got some good pieces. You know, I, I think Brzee has a chance to be a very good player. Yes. Uh, you know, four and a half sacks as an interior rookie defensive tackle is pretty good. I think that's a good number. And it he is. played better and better and better. And the thing about Brzee that you really have to like, <clears throat> if you're the Saints, is he played all 17 games. Yep. So there's a guy who was reliable, all right? And, you know, Kendra Miller, if he's the back, again, health has been an issue. But if he's the back that we saw at the end of the season, got to be pretty encouraged by that. You know, um, you got to be encouraged by Jordan Howden, mm-hmm. by A.T. Perry. All yep. of those guys look like players. And, again, yes. the guys you really don't know about, you know, Sal Laveri is a guy that you just, you just don't know about. I mean, that, and Foskey's another guy you just don't know about. <laughs> but no, to me, I mean – those are the guys, if that draft can make a giant step forward, I think that's one of the areas that the Saints can improve dramatically in. Yep. I mean, look, Saldaveri and Foskey could solve a lot of problems. I think they, they think they've got something in the future with Howden. Uh, I think they know they've got something with Brzee. I think they feel very confident they've got something with A.T. Perry. I mean, you, you saw what we saw, and – there was real positives from the standpoint of those guys. So, and then with Kendra Miller, again, it's a matter of do you honestly think this guy can stay healthy? Because you saw in that last game what they saw. They saw a guy that had size, that had quickness, had some speed for his size, had real decisive vision and jump cut ability. And it was a small sample size, but we're sitting up there watching the game. I'm next to Les East and Renee Nato who work with us, and we're looking at each other like, man, that's different. You know, we haven't seen that. There's no back that's looked like that this year. The guy mm-hmm. looked different. And, again, it's a very small sample size, and it's one game. But mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think some of their problems could be solved by players from last year's draft. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, look, and, and those guys show promise, Okay. And especially at the end of the season, at the end of their rookie years, they're not rookies anymore. They're starting to figure out the NFL game, and they show a lot of promise. And I think that's an area where, you know, the Saints, that draft class has a chance to be really good, and mm-hmm. it has, it's got to be able to continue to prove it. Without a because doubt. Of Sal, because if Sal DeVere is a starter, all right, if Sal DeVere is, is a good player and he's a starter – Boy, that solves a lot of problems for you if he's that player. Oh, it does in a gigantic way because the other thought process 
when you're talking about guard is moving Penning inside. But then you need a left tackle. Mm-hmm. And is that Pete or the Well, I think Penning's going inside, don't you? Well, I, I don't know that. I have no inside knowledge of that at all. But it seems just from the naked eye, you know, mm-hmm. I just don't know how the guy's ever going to be, you know, able to play left tackle in the NFL based on what we've seen. You know, could he improve? Yeah, he could improve. But, I mean, the things you need is a left tackle in the NFL. You just haven't seen that. So, yeah, I would think, at least from my perspective, it might be worth taking a look at moving him inside. But I don't know that that's what's on their mind. I just don't. Yep. We'll see. 504-260-1061. Kurt's in New Orleans. Hi, Kurt. Thanks for your patience, and welcome to the show. Good morning. Hey, guys. Great morning to y'all. How y'all doing? Good. Good, Kurt. What's hey. up, buddy? Oh, man. I, I just really wait ready for these games tomorrow. But I will say, listen to y'all talk, I guess, you know, great offensive coordinators don't – you can't pick them off a tree, I guess, you know. <laughs> I, uh, well, yeah. You know, you want, you want a McVay. You, you, know, you want, you want a, a Shannon. You want one of these guys that people are going to want a couple of years from now that did such a good job with you, you know, under the head coach. And there's only so many people out there. Well, I, I mean, you know, look, I, I, I understand, and I get all of that. But you know what? you got to have the quarterback. Right. Yeah. One of the yeah. one of the best things Sean McVay did was go out and get Matthew Stafford. That's right. You know, That's I mean, right. hey, it, it, right. and and you can't argue with that. It paid off with the Super Bowl. The Rams yeah. won a Super Bowl. You can't you can't argue with it. You cannot. No. You cannot argue no. with it. But no. you know, look, I, I Eric Bieniemy got a lot of credit for what he did in Kansas City, and I'm not saying he's not a very good coach. He may be. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm yeah. not I'm not going to evaluate him as a coach because I just don't know that much about the man. But right. you know, and he, he's not getting as much credit as he was in the past because he's not coaching Patrick Mahomes. You know, no, I mean, Andy it's, Andy Reid was part of that too, probably. Right. Andy well, no, Paul, I understand. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is that is that oh, when, yeah. when when you get when you he's get great. a when you get a generational talent and oh, you're yeah. coaching a player like that. Oh yeah. You know, a lot of good things are going to happen to you. Look, Drew yeah. Brees made a lot of people uh, at 5800 Airline Drive very wealthy. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> I yeah. I mean that's that's oh, yeah. that's, that's a no, fact. Yeah. He made a lot of people yeah. very very wealthy. He made a lot and of people wealthy. That's right. He made some He made uh, no doubt. No doubt. And look, yeah. you know, it's yeah. just um yeah. he, you know, he I, I I'll never forget. I got a, t- a quick quick story. Uh, Kurt, um, I was interviewing Carl Nix one day, and he looked mm-hmm. at me and he said, "He said I don't want I don't want to be rich. I want to be wealthy." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like, "That's a smart man. He he understands this business." And and you know, and and Drew Brees, Drew Brees, and that's before he left and went to Tampa and, and never was the same player. A shame. Right. But uh, you right. know, when 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 uh, when Drew Brees was here, he didn't make a lot of people rich. He made a lot of people wealthy. I heard yesterday that um, if the two underdogs win the game, the seasonal end like they started with uh, Detroit playing Kansas City. I didn't realize that until yesterday. I don't know. I'm sure y'all heard that by now. Interesting, you know. Yeah, that was the first Thursday night game, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Detroit traveled to KC. Well, you know what? I'm I'm pulling for Detroit. You know, I have a I have a rooting interest there. I had as a kid, I spent a lot of time in Michigan during the summers because I, I have relatives in Michigan. And uh, my uncle worked for Ford for, 
you know, years and years and years. He was a Michigan guy. And wow. uh, so I, I spent a lot of time up there, and, and um, <laughs> wow. I enjoyed it immensely. But, man, most of the time I was up there, the Lions were bad. And you know outside what? Of Barry, outside of Barry Sanders. <laughs> yeah, I mean they were they were just yeah. they were just bad. So, yeah. Yeah. but Megatron, they've always yeah. had a they've always had a very very loyal um, yeah. fan base, base. and I I think it would be great right. for them. And I think, Kurt, to be honest with you, don't you think that most of the country is pulling for Detroit? Oh, oh uh, absolutely. Uh, dog yeah. horse, underdog. I mean, there'd be more, more money sure. to be made. Probably people tuning in that don't even care about football. Absolutely. Right, exactly. And it would be the same way if the Bills had made it, okay? The Bills yeah, yeah, are, are, yeah. are that, you know, my, my wife was laughing last week. We were watching the game together, and she saw a sign that said a Bills fan was holding it up, just one, please, before I die. And, <laughs> you know, and, I, read, and I mean, you know, I read in that that's game. That's it. Uh, no, 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 uh, Bills had no explosive plays over 20 yards in that game. 4.2 yards per play. Mahomes in them, 7 point something. I think Diggs kind of hurt them. I mean, I just think that the offense needs another true number one, or they got to get more explosive plays. Obviously, no twenty-yard pass, you know, plays at all. Like, yeah. you know. and I, I think hey. I think the Saints need to do that too. They need to have more more explosive runs. They have they yeah. need to have yeah. more explosive plays. But as yeah. Kenny mentioned, the problem is is that you have such needs on the offensive and defensive line. Can you afford to to spend? A, you know, a first or a second round pick on a skill player when you have no. so many needs up front. That's, that's no. the, I'm no. not saying it's a quandary, but that's no. the situation they're in. Yeah. I mean, Pierre, a shout out to Pierre Thomas. He had a bunch of explosive plays when he played with us in 08 09. Yeah, he was a pretty good, free, pretty good free agent fine, wasn't he? Yeah. Boy, oh, what's boy. What's your comment? What's your thoughts on, um, I know this is later in the show, but I really feel like uh, Lamar. I think he's in the zone. I think he wasn't a great, as, as good of a ball placer and passer in 19 when he won an MVP as he is now. He's arguably just as fast as he was, 26. So I just feel like with that defense, I don't think Mahomes has faced. I think there was no edge rushers. Miami had no edge rushers. Uh, Bill's defense decimated. It, you know, I was watching this idea NFL with Queen and all uh, Tuesday, and they are just punishing. They punish in defense, you know. I don't think he's faced it, and I just, I just think that they're going to, you know, I think, I think Lamar and them's going to take it in, in, in on the FC because well, of that. You know, I mean, it, I mean look, it's, it's his first you know. championship game. He's yeah. all set up for it. Um, yeah. You know, they've got a really good defense. His tight end is coming back. Now, right. I don't know if he's That's 100% healthy or not, but that, that's certainly going to help him. So, oh, yeah. I mean, oh, look, yeah. if, oh, yeah. it, it's set up for Baltimore to get it done. And if they don't get it done oh, – yeah. Then it's it's going to be oh, a yeah. huge letdown there. Oh yeah, Great. Right, thanks talk, for the call. Appreciate you. Going to talk about that next. Yep. Oh, thank okay. you. Appreciate it. Go ahead, Ed. And you know what? If Mahomes wins this game, Kenny, holy smoke, to go on the road and to beat Buffalo and Baltimore and get to the Super Bowl, that's pretty spectacular. Well, that's our topic next. When we continue, still to come, we'll talk about the Pelicans. But next up, we'll talk about the NFC and AFC championship games. As we march on, it's 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061. Glad you're with us on this Saturday morning. Ken and Ed, the Three Tailgaters Show, resumes in just a moment here on Nash Icon 1061 FM and at NashFM1061.com.
If you want to be treated right, you go to Bergeron. Bergeron will give you the best deal. You just know you can trust these people. They're from here. They get me. You know, buying a car doesn't have to be a scary experience. It's anything but a Bergeron. Everybody knows that. Everybody. I grew up with a Bergeron. I went to school with a Bergeron. This is the fourth car I've bought from here. That makes me a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a bourgeois. Get out of here. I'm a Bergeron. Everybody knows a Bergeron. Bergeron Automotive on Veterans in Metairie. Here's some things you probably don't know about Dudley DeBosier. I make a mean jambalaya. But I stay clear of the kitchen. My favorite way to relax is sitting down with a good book. Me? I have four kids. I haven't relaxed in 20 years. And I love a good crawfish etouffee. Heck, when I do crawfish, it's just peel and eat. But despite our differences, there's one important thing we have in common. We're lawyers who love helping people. Demand Dudley DeBosier, 444-4444. Chad Dudley, New Orleans, LA 2315659. What's that sound? That's the sound of Downy Unstoppable scent beads going into your washing machine and giving your clothes freshness that lasts all day long. There it is again. It's like music to your ears or more like music to your nose. That freshness is irresistible. Let's get a Downy Unstoppable bottle shake. And now a sniff solo. Nice. Get six times longer lasting freshness plus odor protection with Downy Unstoppable's in-wash scent beads. <clears throat> Can't sleep with this cold. Honey. <clears throat> honey? Honey. You need NyQuil Severe Honey. NyQuil Severe Honey gives you powerful cold and flu symptom relief with a dreamy honey taste. Feeling better, honey? Honey? I'll take that as a yes. Try NyQuil Severe Honey for powerful cold and flu symptom relief. NyQuil Severe with honey flavor. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, fever. Honeylicious, best sleep with a cold. Medicine. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. My ride smells just right, just right, just right, just right. Y'all gotta try just that for right, Breeze Car. Just right, just right, just right, just right. Yeah. La, 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 la. Yeah. With up to 40 days of consistency, all over Breeze Car clips right on your vent. Yeah. You know my car's my happy place. Keep that smile on my face. When it smells just right, just right, just right. Yeah. Breathe happy for Breeze. La, 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 la. The new year is here. Time for change. Start a recession-resistant new career in the high-demand fields of IT, cybersecurity, and AI with My Computer Career in just months. Already in IT? Build your cybersecurity skills and prep for thousands of open positions employers nationwide are desperate to fill. Attend classes live online or on campus. Make this your year. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Financial aid is available to those who qualify, including the GI Bill. This is your weekly forum for genuine substantive talk with a focus on fairness and facts. Time to share your passion on the Three Tailgaters Show here on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com. Call 504-260-1061. Ken and Ed with you as we march on. And you heard the number, 504-260-1061. Here's Terry in Slidell. Hey, Terry. Great to hear from you. Welcome hey, to the Ken. show. How y'all doing? Hey, All good, I buddy. I call. But when you said something like that, that, you know, what if Mahomes goes into Buffalo and into Baltimore? Well, I remember a quarterback a couple of years ago. He went into Washington, went into New Orleans, and went into Green Bay and won all three. Hello? Yeah, yeah, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. You know who that is, right? Went into New Orleans, went into went Green into Bay. 
went to Washington. He went to beat Washington in Washington, beat Green, New Orleans in New Orleans, and beat Green Bay at Green Bay. Tom Brady, you talking about? That is exactly right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's what you know. That's how you know. I'm, I'm gonna tell you this. I, I, I'm not a Lamar Jackson fan. I will not pull for Baltimore. Mm-hmm. If Mahomes wins, he wins. He may have the only one that has a shot to ever get in touch, touch Brady's record. But the one I'm for more than anybody else is I'm for Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Brady. Yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, how can you not pull for the last guy drafted in the draft last year? And taking his ten, if he wouldn't have got his shoulder hurt, they would have beat Philadelphia last year in the, in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm definitely pulling for him, man. He deserves it. I mean, that's that for what he's done, not getting paid any money. <laughs> but anyway, that's why that's who I hope to win. You well, know, if they I'm win the Super Bowl, he's going to get paid. You can. Believe <laughs> <all> you. <laughs> he's going to get yeah, paid so, regardless. But if he does yeah. that, look out. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I was thinking, I mean, you know, with, with Mahomes, Mahomes is probably the only one, if he does win, has the only one, has the only quarterback playing today really with a shot at, at getting seven Super Bowls like Brady because he's got number mm-hmm. three. And, you know, Brady had three after three or four years, and it took him another 15 years to get the other one. So, but anyway, well, I, I wouldn't. You know, I'm not going to pull for Baltimore. I would never pull for – I think oh, Lamar Jackson, they talk about him and all that. But, you know, well, I, I, I don't think – I mean, I think the guy's the MVP in the league this year. He is. All likelihood, yeah. Yep. But, so I think yep. the guy's pretty talented. So, you know, I mean, this is a big game for him on Sunday to try to break through. You know? Yep. yep. But anyway, that's who I'm pulling for. Since got I ain't got nobody – oh, by the way, Ed. Yeah. If you want to see a real nice parade – Come to Slidell tonight, the crew of Poseidon Parade, and it's really a very, very nice parade. Because I should know. I'm in. Poseidon <laughs> in Slidell. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't ride in Demi no more, man. My wife told me to get out. So. <laughs> but anyway, y'all take it easy, and y'all have a good Mardi Gras. Will do, buddy. Thank All you, right, buddy. Terry. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks very much. Yeah, it's that time of year. You're getting ready for your, uh, your, your escapade with Endymion too, right? Uh, two weeks. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to believe that, you know, I'm not a I'm not a big fan of Mardi Gras being this early. I wish it was a little later. It is early. I mean, it, it's very early this year. So, you know, but hey, that's how the calendar falls. And next year it'll be very late. I think it's in March. Oh my goodness, that's yeah. really late. Uh, yeah. I don't pay yeah, as because much of the Super Bowl. That's really well, late. because of the Super Bowl. Right. Because of the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl is here in early February, and I think. I think Mardi Gras next year is March 5th, which is the latest it can be is March 8th. Mm-hmm. So next year it's very late. Okay, looking ahead. All right, let's look ahead to these games that we just broached the topic of, okay? The AFC Championship game, Kansas City-Baltimore. I, I think the biggest thing for me looking at this game is, you know, Kansas City's got injuries. And, you know, that has to be a concern going in. When you look at their injury list, where they're at right now, uh, Kadarius Tony's out, you know. So, of course, some people would say that might be a positive. <laughs> some of the plays he made for them this year uh, or against that team, which certainly didn't help their team. But again, you know, you look at Doomy being out at, up front, clearly that's an issue for them because he's an important player. I know they think they've got a guy uh, that can play, but Joe Thune's a good player. Uh, Derek Nottie's out. Sky Moore is out. Prince Tiga's out as well. But even more than that, 
Uh, Isaiah Pacheco and Willie Gay are questionable. So, and Pacheco to me is the key. That guy runs, he runs with an attitude. He's tough as nails. He's quick, he's strong, he runs through tackles. And running the football is important. It's hard to run the ball on the Ravens. And mm-hmm. I think they have to have some sort of running game. Conversely, I think the Ravens are looking at, you know, trying to run against uh, the Kansas City front, which is good. Now, Buffalo ran it pretty well last week, but that's Josh Allen running the ball and making plays. Of course, nobody's better at that than Lamar Jackson. This is all set up for Baltimore. They're at home. They're favored. Chiefs are banged up. And and yet, you can't sell Patrick Mahomes short. He's that good. Mm-hmm. And look, all I know is that everybody looked at the Kansas City situation and said when Tyreek Hill left, they weren't going to be the same on offense. They went out and won a Super Bowl. Then Eric Bieniemy leaves. They're not going to be as good anymore. They're playing in a sixth consecutive AFC championship game. There's two constants, Andy Reid and Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes. And Andy Reid mm-hmm. is one hell of a head coach, and Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. is a transcendent mm-hmm. quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is already top 10 in NFL history in my mind, already. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think he's quickly advancing on top five in NFL history. I mean, the guy's won two Super Bowls. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's been to another, and he's a step away from another. He's got his team in a conference championship game for a sixth straight year. And, I mean, that's just remarkable when mm-hmm. you think about it. So, I mean, you couldn't get a more delicious matchup. You know, an MVP in Jackson who's going to be a multiple MVP by the end of this season, a multiple MVP in Mahomes. The difference is one has been there, done that in conference championship games and Super Bowls. The others hasn't. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this tilts toward Baltimore with their balance. They're, they're just good mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball. And, oh, by the way, getting Andrews back is huge. Mm-hmm. That guy's a mm-hmm. stud. He's top well, three. Sure. Top, he's, well, he's top five I in mean, the league. just like Kelsey. Just like yeah. Kelsey, he's the quarterback's favorite target. Without a doubt. I mean, I mean that's, he is, that's, he's a great player. That's gigantic. Yeah. So I, I, I definitely give a slight edge to Baltimore in this game. As much as I love and respect Mahomes and Reed, I give Baltimore a slight edge. Just my take on it. The NFC Championship game, I mean, Detroit, without an offensive lineman that's a good player, won't help. Playing on the road, I think. You can look at the 49ers game with Green Bay two different ways. You can look at it and say they were exposed and they're beatable, or you can look at it and say they got their scare and now they're going to be better because of that. I'm not sure which way that goes, but the fact that Debo Samuel is playing is a big deal. They were without Mm -hmm. him for much of that game against Green Bay, and he Mm -hmm. changes everything because you have to account for him, which opens Mm -hmm. things up for Ayuk, of course, for Mm -hmm. Kittle. And obviously, McCaffrey's a stud and a great player. And, mm-hmm. and Brock Purdy is a, is a guy that, by and large, with that one-game exception against Baltimore, he mm-hmm. doesn't make bad decisions, and he takes care of the football and mm-hmm. gets the ball where it needs to go. I wouldn't mm-hmm. call him a great player. He's a good player who makes good mm-hmm. decisions and was an incredible mm-hmm. investment on their part to pick this guy and get him where they got him. So, uh, look, I look at that game and – Detroit would be a, a fashionable pick, and would Detroit would be a, 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 a we'd like to see Detroit succeed, but I can't pick against the 49ers at home. I just can't. No, and, I, and the thing about Detroit is, Kenny, how many stops can they get? You know, and if they can't get a lot of stops, they're going to have to score a lot of points. 
And, and that's a hard thing to do against the 49ers, especially out there. And, you know, somebody brought this up to me yesterday, and I, I, didn't, I didn't pay much attention to it. But I think that Jared Goff's record outdoors is far different than his record indoors. And, you know, I don't know if that's – if, if, if Detroit were at home, I would feel better about it. I just think that they're a huge um, – they're a big, big underdog. I know the line is seven, but I'm surprised it's not a little bit more than that. Well, I think that's based upon San Francisco escaping last week. But, you know, look, again, Samuel got hurt. The Packers returned to kick for a touchdown. That's a huge change in a game and a huge swing overall. And the Packers were playing well. And, in fact, were not for a bad decision by Jordan Love. Maybe that's a different animal, too. I mean, I think those things are all applicable. So, uh, but I do like the 49ers at home. I just think, you know, I just think they're a little bit better team. And they're at home. And I just, I see them winning the game. I don't, I don't know. I mean, that sounds simplistic, but that's how I feel. Yeah, I think it's a good point. You know, and I just think that, you know, it, the, the the teams that everybody expected are the teams that are going to get there. And it would be a rematch, of course, and we all know what, what happened in the regular season when Baltimore took apart San Francisco. Interesting that that occurred uh, the way it did. I don't think anybody saw that coming. But uh, that would be an interesting dynamic. How would these teams react to that? Confidence on the Baltimore side, revenge on the San Francisco side. So... We'll see, but I, I, I think that's kind of my outlook on this entire situation. And, and again, who runs the ball well, I think in either of these games, it's going to make a difference. You know, Jared Goff needs a run game. Jared Goff's strength, Ed, and you know this, is all about play action. That's him. Mm-hmm. That's his strength. Yep. That's his game. And play action, and oftentimes play action boots, and he lives off of that. He needs the run game to be successful. Mm-hmm. They've it's got very the much of a timing offense. Very much fake, so. Fake, put his foot in the ground, mm-hmm. read, throw it. That, yep. that's, that's his deal. Yeah, it's the way the Rams played with him and had success mm-hmm. and, and obviously the way that Detroit's played with him and, and had success too. And, of course, there's a proving ground for him because of the fact that he was cast off by the Rams after taking them to a Super Bowl. So he got his revenge against the Rams in a head-to-head matchup now He's got a chance to get back to a Super Bowl, albeit on the road in a tough environment. So interesting games, unquestionably. And, you know, we'll see. I mean, look, I again, I'm never going to sell Patrick Mahomes short. This guy is that kind of player. He's that good, and he's special. But uh, I can't possibly, in my mind of minds and heart of hearts, pick against the two home teams here. So... That's my take on these games. Who's the difference maker? Look, I mean, I don't know. I mean, McCaffrey is, is that. He's all that if he's healthy. And we've seen what he could do this year when healthy. He's phenomenal. You know, best back in the league. Nobody does more than he does overall for any team as a running back in the league. He's that good. So, and he makes the job a lot easier for Brock Purdy. You don't ask Purdy to carry the mail, to have to be the guy to carry the weight of the team on his shoulders, which Mahomes has to do, has to do. You know, Lamar Jackson has been asked to do that, but now he's got a little bit better supporting cast, and now he gets Andrews back. So uh, I I think it's it's all on Mahomes from Kansas City's perspective. He's got to do pretty much everything. Yeah. You know – and he's capable, don't get me wrong. But that, that's, a tough, that's a tough lift, okay? 
Yeah, I don't think there's I don't I don't I don't think there's any doubt. I don't think there's any doubt. It's a it's a tough lift, but I I kind of like Baltimore and San Francisco in these games. Yeah, we're in the same boat uh, with our selections, so that's our feeling. Your thoughts are welcome at 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061. Love to hear from you as we continue in just a moment. Glad you're with us on this Saturday morning, Ken and Ed, three tailgaters show. And when we continue, we'll get you caught up on the Pelicans. Was not a pretty picture last night. That's next here on Nash Icon 1061 FM and at Nash FM 1061.com. Hi, this is Ken Trahan. The Three Tailgater Show is a Saturday morning tradition on 1061 Nash Icon. Tune in every Saturday morning from 10 a.m. to noon with my partner Ed Daniels of WGNO and WNOL to join me to talk sports with you every single week with your calls as well. The Three Tailgater Show, Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. to noon on 1061 Nash Icon. Life Resources Ministries exists for showing men the way, building men to spiritual maturity, and preparing God's people for service. Life Resources Ministries has Bible studies in person and via Skype throughout the metro area, along with outreaches weekly on Wednesdays at Piccadilly Cafeteria on Clearview Parkway in Metairie. There are business forums and fellowship meetings as well. Life Resources also puts on major outreach prep breakfasts with national speakers up to four to five times per year. Visit us online at liferesources.net. Life Resources Ministries, leaders investing for eternity. If you want to be treated right, you go to Bergeron. Bergeron will give you the best deal. You just know you can trust these people. They're from here. They get me. You know, buying a car doesn't have to be a scary experience. It's anything but a Bergeron. Everybody knows that. Everybody. I grew up with a Bergeron. I went to school with a Bergeron. This is the fourth car I've bought from here. That makes me a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a bourgeois. Get out of here. I'm a Bergeron. Everybody knows a Bergeron. Bergeron Automotive on Veterans in Metairie. The best ice chests in the world are made right here in Mandeville, Louisiana. And if you're a perfectionist, you need Kysik, the best engineered ice chest in the world. It's the ice chest that keeps things cold the longest. Simply go to Kysik.com and order yours today. In Louisiana, not only do we cook great crawfish, we also make the world's best ice chests. Go to KYSEK.com, that's Kysik.com, and get your ice chest today. Top service, locally owned, outstanding deals, conveniently located, professionals motivated to sell where the customer comes first. That describes the experience at Premier Automotive Group, where you'll find the best prices anywhere on Toyota, Honda, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Kia. Premier Automotive offers a warranty for life on its vehicles and a money-back guarantee. Visit my friend Troy Duhon at one of his outstanding dealerships, Toyota of New Orleans, Premier Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Fiat, and Premier Honda in New Orleans, Premier Nissan in Metairie, and Premier Kia in Kenner. My friend and I are taking a trip to Mexico this year, but neither of us speak Spanish. So we downloaded Babbel and started learning Spanish fast. Want to start getting conversational in another language in as little as three weeks? Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons were designed by language experts to be the most efficient and effective way to learn a new language. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. I've always gotten tons of UTIs. Cranberry products never worked for me, and I was desperate for a way to be proactive. I'm Jenna Ryan, CEO and founder of Eucora. We've worked with doctors to develop effective urinary tract health products. Eucora is helping over 100,000 women stay healthy. Ready to join them? Get 30% off at eucora.com radio. 
That's uqora.com slash radio. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Mambo's, 411 Bourbon Street. Three floors of incredible dining in what might be the most beautiful restaurant on Bourbon Street. Cajun Creole cuisine at its finest and magnificent cocktails. Come dine in our authentic French Quarter Courtyard or on our Bourbon Street balcony. Come experience Bourbon Street's only rooftop bar. Mambo is perfect for a night out with friends, a romantic getaway, your next event, or a delicious meal with family. Lunch and dinner seven days a week. Order online for delivery at MamboNola.com. Make your next New Orleans memory at Mambo's. Don't be shy. Join in the conversation with Ken and Ed on the Three Tailgaters Show on 106.1 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com and through CrescentCitySports.com. Call now, 504-260-1061. Was not a pretty picture at Smoothie Gang Center last night. Big game, Friday night, big crowd, anticipation, everything imaginable, and Pelicans spit the bit. They got hammered by a very good young Oklahoma City team that is a definite threat to win it all. 107-83 final. It was never... Much of a game. Pelicans led after one, and after that, the bottom fell out. They couldn't score the basketball. A lick, and, you know, Zion Williamson didn't play. Right foot contusion. Uh, and obviously, that's a concern moving forward because they got the second of a back-to-back tonight against another elite team at Milwaukee. I mean, the bottom line is they just got finished setting a record for the number of points scored. They scored 70 points less. I mean, crazy from one night to the next. Shot 39% from the field, 25% from three and only 71% from the free throw line got out rebounded 45 41 committed 20 turnovers they didn't do anything well they didn't guard well enough either and nobody stepped up to pick up the slat no one and Brandon Ingram just hasn't been that guy as a scorer Ed he hasn't this year I mean he scored 12 in this game on a night where you needed him to be that guy does he he stop their offense well, it was virtually invisible, you know. I mean, he had nine yeah. assists, but and that's all good with him making yeah. the making the correct he's pass. Gotta, he's got to score points. He's got to score points. With Zion Williamson out, he's got to score. Okay, right. Sc- scores twelve points. I mean, Herb Jones scores fourteen. So Jonas Valanciunas does what he always does, fourteen and nine. But C.J. McCollum has had a really good season and has been terrific of late. Not last night. Mm-hmm. Without Zion, they needed Ingram and McCollum last night. McCollum. Only 12 points, and he was 4 for 15 from the field. And Trey Murphy's not shooting the ball well. I mean, his three-point percentage is now right around 34%, and that's not what you want out of no, him. No, and he had some open looks last night. And he's not hitting him. I mean, he was yeah. one of six. He scored six points. He stepped into the lineup for Zion Williamson, and it just isn't, you know, what you need out of him. I mean, he needs uh, to be better than that. He needs to make threes. He's a stretch guy. That's what his game is, and I know he's expanded it a little bit, but he's got to be better than what we're looking at right now from three-point range. Otherwise, maybe give Jordan Hawkins more of that opportunity. So we'll see. Bottom line is that last night was just not a pretty picture at all. It was not. And uh, I was there, and you kept waiting for the, the building to have some energy, mm-hmm. and it just never did. Well, I never gave him a chance. I mean, I sure. just didn't do anything to pick it up. And, and on the other hand, Oklahoma City, who I talked about all offseason, was really a good-looking team, and they certainly look to be that team. They have a real shot uh, in the Western Conference. They've got what you need. they got versatility. they got shot blocking. They can board. They move the ball well. And they got shooting. I mean, they're a good team. 
And they got Shake Yosius Alexander. And he's a great player. I mean, again, unbelievable. We've talked about it consistently on this show. The Pelicans don't have that closer. They don't. And, you know, these teams, the best teams in the league, they do. Giannis Antetokounmpo tonight. Think he's a closer? <laughs> That's a given. Goes without saying. Jason Tatum in the game after that. Think he's a closer? That's a given. Western Conference, Nikola Jokic. You think he's a closer? Anthony Edwards, you think he's a closer? LeBron James, think he's a closer? Kawhi Leonard, I mean, uh, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant. I mean, I, I go over every one of these teams. Luka Doncic. What did he do last night, by the way? Yeah, 73. 73. So, and Booker had 62. Booker had 62 on the same night. So, yeah. you don't have that closer. You just don't. You know, I've got a good team. There's a lot of talk about potential trades out there right now, and I understand it. I mean, you know, Jared Allen's been a guy that's been talked about with Cleveland. I get it. And, you know, again, it's, it's nothing but talk. Uh, is there a move that can be made, you know, to make this team better? And then what do you have to give up to do it? I mean, Jared Allen's a good player. He's averaging 15.2 a game and, and 10.4 rebounds. He's a good player. Uh, a stretch player at 6'9". You know, he's a good basketball player. So, uh, but again, you know, and gives you a little bit more length on the inside at that center position. He's really more like 6'10", uh, if not 6'11", frankly. But in any case, it's all happenstance. If you do it, you're going to have to give up something. So, uh, nothing's changed, in my opinion, on the Pelicans. They're, they're a good team. They're not an outstanding team. Uh, they're going to make the playoffs, but they're not a threat to win at all, not as they're constituted presently. And as for Zion Williamson, look, it's – it's day-to-day. I don't know the answer, okay? Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. 504-260-1061. Dominic on a cell phone. Hey, Dominic, thanks for your patience. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Hey, guys. I got a question uh, about Mickey Lewis's interview the other day and his gum chewing. Did, did, did that bother anybody other than me? said it was because of a cough. That's why. Hello. Hey. Yeah. He said he said it was because of a cough. <laughs> okay. So no. No, I mean you know that's water. what he said. Look, I mean look, I don't think the guy was trying to be. I don't think there was anything nefarious about it. I mean the guy. I was at the interview. Okay. okay. He talked to us, Dominic, for almost an hour. He answered yeah. every question. I mean I thought the guy. He was as 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 forthcoming as he's gonna be, and I uh, thought he was fine. But, you know, it's just that's he, he has a cough. That's what he said. I'm not I'm not going to okay. I'm not yeah. going to dispute okay. what the man and that's said. A, that's an explanation I didn't have. And uh, right. I'll, I'll tell my wife because her and I both <laughs> looked at that and they said, yeah, not a good thing. All right, guys. No, I got it. Enjoy your show. All right, Dominic. Thank you. It. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Yeah, I don't could care less whether he's chewing gum or not. It makes no difference to me whatsoever. So uh, people are going to see what they're going to see. They're going to think what they're going to think, and they're entitled to do so. I'd be more concerned about personnel decisions and, and, and about comparisons uh, of coaches, which, of course, is what most people dwelled on from that. And, uh, his point was understandable, but I don't think he understood the, the ramifications of what he was saying. So, uh, and that wasn't a good look at all. But ultimately, it doesn't matter. If they make good decisions, then they win. Who cares? what he said to the media on a given day. And who cares whether he was chewing gum or not, right? So yeah. it's all about making the right decisions and getting this franchise where it needs to be. And it's not right now. And they're in 
Capel again, and they got to cure that. They've done a really good job of being able to do it over the years. They're going to have to work their magic again while trying to get better. But I think you hit it earlier, and you hit it very well, and you hit it right, which is that if they can get last year's draft picks to come through, then it solves a lot of the problems. I mean, you solve mm-hmm. an offensive lineman problem that you need a guy to step up and play at. You know, you solve a problem at safety where you're probably going to have to fill a spot in May. You know, you, you also look at that draft and you hope that Foskey can be a guy, that can be a rotation guy. So, yeah, you've got possibilities that exist, but to say that it's going to happen, uh, I certainly can't say that. I don't know that. You just hope that's the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's where it's at. Bottom line is that, again, they have holes, and there are ways to fill those holes. You can only do so much. The draft enables you to do some things, not all things. Uh, Development of players is important, and then prioritizing what it is that you must do. And right now, in terms of priority, I certainly think offensive line is number one. Uh, I think, you know, pass rusher is, is obviously something you like to have, uh, another impact player on offense, of course, whether that is a wide receiver, uh, a tight end, another running back, whatever it may be, an impact player, regardless of what position it is. I think they have some nice pieces. Olave's a nice piece. Shahid's a nice piece. Jawan Johnson, when healthy, is a nice piece. Taysom Hill is, is still a good player. And Alvin Kamara is still a solid player. I'm not sure he's a great player at this stage. He's a solid player. So, you know, then you have hope for Kendra Miller. So uh, I just think all these things are true, but the biggest need is offensive line. I mean, that's it. Uh, I don't see any, any other answer to that question right now when people continue to ask it. It's a frustrating answer to give because of how much they've invested in that particular area, but they're going to have to do it again. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. No, no question. You know, I'm just, it's, it's going to be a very interesting draft. One more segment to go here. It's 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061. We'll put a cap and a wrap on this wrap when we continue in just a moment. Ken and Ed, Three Tailgaters Show, back in just a moment here on Nash Icon 1061 FM and at NashFM1061.com. What's that sound? That's the sound of Downy Unstoppable scent beads going into your washing machine and giving your clothes freshness that lasts all day long. There it is again. It's like music to your ears or more like music to your nose. That freshness is irresistible. Let's get a Downy Unstoppable bottle shake. And now a sniff solo. Nice. Get six times longer lasting freshness plus odor protection with Downy Unstoppable's in-wash scent beads. <coughs> Can't sleep with this cold. Honey. <coughs> honey? Honey. You need NyQuil Severe Honey. NyQuil Severe Honey gives you powerful cold and flu symptom relief with a dreamy honey taste. Feeling better, honey? Honey? I'll take that as a yes. Try NyQuil Severe Honey for powerful cold and flu symptom relief. NyQuil Severe with honey flavor. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, fever. Honeylicious, best sleep with a cold medicine. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. When the final horn blows at the Allstate Sugar Bowl, the action is just beginning as another jam-packed year of Sugar Bowl activity lies just ahead. With over 55 annual events, including all Louisiana high school state championships, the Sugar Bowl's support of amateur athletics adds up to big fun and big dollars for our economy. From the Crescent City Classic to lacrosse, sailing, basketball, and more, the Sugar Bowl has something for most everyone. 
For more on the great things the Sugar Bowl is doing, log on to AllStateSugarBowl.org. Sponsored by Allstate, Taco Bell, and Dr. Pepper. Every day you see people on their cell phone checking their social media page or looking for a service or a business. Displaying an ad to customers on social media captures their attention. Plus, it can send these customers directly to your business website. I can also help you reach them with video on the web. Hi, this is Darlene Adams. If you want to reach qualified customers online or through streaming TV, go to CumulusMedia.com. That's C-U-M-U-L-U-S dot com. Our pets are our loved ones and also our best friends. When they pass away, New Orleans Pet Cremation Service will handle everything for you. We offer 24-hour home removal as well as free pickup from your local veterinary hospital. Pet cremation starting as low as $199. Simply give us a call at 504-218-5554 or go to NewOrleansPetCremation.com. That's NewOrleansPetCremation.com. Celebrating life. Ring in the new year with the ultimate timeless gift, a diamond from Diamonds Direct. Whether you're ready to pop the question or celebrating a lifetime of love in 2024, Diamonds Direct can make this New Year's one to remember forever. Diamonds Direct is the area's destination for exquisite diamonds in all shapes and sizes. And our nationwide price guarantee ensures you'll get the best value, period. To showcase that spectacular diamond, we have literally thousands of designer settings from all the top names like Takori, Viraggio, Simon G, Ajafi, and many more. And our experts will guide you every step of the way with the education you want and the respect you deserve engagement rings wedding bands eternity bands fashion rings at diamonds direct we specialize in the ultimate symbol of love and we welcome the opportunity to celebrate with you so start the new year with some new excitement new hope and some new bling diamonds direct on suburban avenue next to lakeside mall proud partner of tulane athletics and proud to call the big easy home diamonds direct your love our passion at Southern Tire Auto Works, we do it all. Whether it's a simple oil change, wheel alignment, preventive maintenance, brake repair, installation of a custom exhaust or suspension system. If you need repairs on climate control systems, cooling systems, electronic or electrical systems, we are the experts. At Southern Tire Auto Works, we are truly your one-stop shop for all your automotive needs. Hickory & Airline and Mentory open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday from 8 a.m. till 3 p.m. Give us a call now at 504-737-1558 to schedule an appointment or go to southerntire.com and check out all the services we provide to our customers. We're winding down on the Three Tailgaters Show at 504-260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan and Ed Daniels. Getting ready to put a wrap on things here today. Again, the conference championship games tomorrow with Kansas City at Baltimore and Detroit at San Francisco. Don't forget college basketball on Nash Icon 1061 FM later on this afternoon in Lake Charles, the University of New Orleans at McNeese to take on the Cowboys in Southland Conference play. It's a 4 p.m. tip, 3.45 pregame show with Jude Young here on Nash Icon 106.1 FM and looking forward to seeing if the privateers can compete well enough in that game. And, of course, uh, all throughout the area, college basketball, baseball getting ready to ramp up. In fact, you've got teams opening today. Dillard opening today, Nunez opening today in baseball. It's amazing, Ed. It's upon us already. <laughs> it's it's January. Yeah. Oh man! But that, hey, that's what we do here, South Louisiana. It's time to play baseball in January. Why not? I mean, hell, yeah. Let's do it. You know, I'm looking forward to doing some Delgado games again. And of course, next week, next weekend, next Saturday, I will be in Bossier City 
uh, for the state wrestling championships. I'll be doing my portion of the show from there and keeping you updated on that event through CrescentCitySports.com throughout the course of the event and, of course, doing the show there next Saturday as well while Ed anchors things here back home. And if you're going out, enjoy yourself. Parades, that's all happening. It's all good. And thanks to our sponsors, thanks to our listeners for making it happen. And Edward, as always, thank you. We'll do it again next week. Okay, buddy. Talk to you soon. Thanks to Rudy Dixon, our producer. And, of course, I'll return on Monday with All Access Sports Talk coming up this Monday at 6 p.m. Hope you'll tune in then. Until then, for Ed, I'm Ken saying thank you for joining us and be a good sport. And God bless you one and all. We are rounding third and heading home. So long. Thanks for listening to the Three Tailgaters Show on 106.1 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. The Three Tailgaters.